How are you feeling, Dan? Oh, I'm feeling much better. Yay! That's yeah. great. That's what we yeah. like to hear. Oh, I have. I need to test though and make sure I'm officially negative. That's we could right. do that right here on the podcast. Oh, we could. Do you do you want to go grab a test here? <laughs> you want to do it right now? Oh, in the opening? here he goes. Where are the tests? I don't know where they are. Over on top of the microwave. Maybe not the best place, but we don't use the microwave that often, so it's okay. There you go. He's bringing the box fun. over. This is a great cold open. Absolutely. We didn't have any thing planned, so... Nope. I'm so glad I'm missing Love Island for this. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> is there a vote tonight? I hope not. I don't think so. Oh, you so, don't know it's until like, it happens? Yeah. It's, there's, there's episodes, usually the votes happen, like, when you have a break. And then, you know, so they have time to tally them and everything. But you never know. There is an elimination tonight. So so we'll okay. find out who's going home. One of the girls is going home. Well. I'll just stay off social media until I watch the episode. I mean, not that I really see spoilers for Love Island US online, but you know. Welcome to our new Love Island podcast. <laughs> so here it goes. Danny? So how many twists oh. inside the nose? Oh, it's 15. 78? Oh, 15. <laughs> One, two, oh, three, boy. four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty. Riveting. 40, 30. Riveting content. Oh, I didn't sneeze. Okay, ready? Other side. You only got to 13. Oh. And it needs to be at least 15 seconds for these flow flex one. Oh, I'm covering my beverages. <laughs> Stop sneezing your COVID everywhere. So we're still in the cold open, but this week. On the podcast. We're we, talking about Snake Charmer. We're talking about a leaked demo, a very rare occurrence in the history of real life gay. <laughs> I'm trying not to sneeze in your drinks. I'm I have my hands over them. You can sneeze in your own drinks though. I don't I don't uh, care about that. <laughs> three, two, one. Bless you. Bless you. Into the elbow, dear. Oh well. Ugh. So okay, anyway, now you spin it under, spin it in there for yeah. This part like I'm twenty good seconds. Okay, you you know what you're doing now. So tell us something that's not Love Island related that uh, you want to talk about here while we're still in the cold open. Ooh, so do you want to hear my thoughts on Supergirl? Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but how sure. is how is work today, Danny? It was work. I don't know. You know. New job, had this job for three months now, so that's going well. Yeah, that's good. You know, had all, you know, worked from home last week when I had COVID and home, did some work from home stuff. Okay, now I'm squeezing. I think you're ready, yeah, to do the squeeze, squeeze, twist bit, and then the squeeze, pull out bit. That's what she said. Classic COVID squeeze and twist. That's right. There we go. Yeah, he's going to... Put it on the little thing, and you'll have to wait until after the cold open to oh, oh, oh. <laughs> If I have COVID. It's positive or negative. So we'll be, uh, here we go, drip, drap, droop, right there. Put the drips in, and we will be right back after this cl- clip of the song. Might be your That's... first time hearing it. Exciting stuff. Yep. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. The test is still running. It we'll is. let you know. So far, so good. So anyway, I'm feeling much better. No real um, 
<coughs> oh, no symptoms to speak of. I'm sorry, I just had a Q-tip up my nose. You have to forgive the coughing and sniffling. But yeah, no, no, uh, no symptoms to speak of. I got this horrible rash. And I was like, oh no, I get over COVID and now I've got the monkeypox. Oh no. But it wasn't, it's not the no, monkeypox. No. It's just like a allergenic, allergetic, an allergy-like reaction. He gets hives like every couple suppers yeah. for some reason. The Santa Ana winds blow something in and it does not <laughs> treat Dan right. Yeah, and I'm sure my immune system is very weakened. So I just had these giant hives on my arms. But yeah. we're back. We would not let... <laughs> Sorry, I'm peeking. We would not let that keep us from talking about one of the most (coughs) important Reliant K songs of all time (laughs) here on our 155th episode. Oh, wow. This is our, this is episode 155. No big deal. Who cares? Not a big, not a big important number. Only two people who listen to this podcast get that reference, Danny. (laughs) Maybe three. Well, it'll come up later. How's the bourbon tasting? Oh, it's fine. Dear? You bought the bourbon. I did. I what bought a it? new bourbon. Marksman. Uh, Marksman or something, I think. Yeah. Target special twenty-dollar <laughs> bottle. Of, yeah, had never heard of it before. It was like, ooh, this is nice and cheap. I'll get it for Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, he'll like it, you know. Right. So anyway, yeah, um, we do have voicemails before we get into so, like. This, this this episode this week, it is a very rare occurrence in the history of Reliant K music where this is a unreleased demo that leaked. There's one there's one other major example of that we'll talk about in a little bit, but this is like one of the most underheard things that we've probably talked about. Even more so than say Operation, because that's a released song. This has never right. been actually released. We'll get more into that in a little bit. But we do have voicemails from last week, so let's hear those. Uh, oh, we just have one. And this is Sean from Pennsylvania calling in. Hey, Danny and Jessica. This is uh, Sean from Pennsylvania. Uh, just listened to your episode on Falling Out and... It was just a really nostalgic one for me because that happened to be one of the first cool songs that I uh, that I learned on guitar when I was learning how to play guitar. So I'd been playing for a few years, and I was a Reliant K big fan at the time. So when about the time that that album came out was around the same time that my guitar skill was getting to a point where I could start learning stuff outside of, you know, like the basic books and everything. So one year, I don't remember if it was like for my birthday or something else or whatever, but I got one of those um, Hal Leonard guitar books that they were doing for popular albums, and it was for Two Left. And Falling Out is one of the simpler um, Reliant K songs and musically or compositionally speaking and I was able to pick that one up pretty quick um, so yeah pretty nostalgic one for me there um, there's actually a couple really nostalgic songs on that album in particular that really you haven't hit yet so I guess expect to hear more from me whenever you hit those ones up but yeah Falling Out it's one of my favorites um, not because it's anything particularly special in the catalog as a whole but because 
it um is special to me in my personal music journey. So yeah, that one that was a fun one. So yeah. Keep up the good keep up the good work guys. I'm still listening. So I guess a lot of people are. So yeah, keep it up. Love what you're doing. Um hope Penny gets better. It's not dealing with too much with the COVID stuff. So yeah, bye. Well, thank you, Sean. And I can tell you right now that my COVID, whoop, I dropped it. I flipped it upside down. My COVID test says that I am negative of COVID. Uh, COVID material, whatever it's called, <laughs> in my nose. That's right. Thank you for calling, Sean. I did not know that there was like an official like Hal Leonard style book of two lefts for guitar. That's awesome. I love that. I, well, we bought the mm-hmm one, right? Right. But I mean, this is pretty mm-hmm. Like, I mean, mm-hmm makes sense because it did, you know, it was a big album. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yep. Well, I feel the same way about Manic Monday. Not the Reliant K cover, just the original, because that was like the first song that I learned outside of the books on the drums. So that one always holds a uh, a special place in my heart. That and uh, I just called to say I love you. <laughs> gotcha. So that makes sense then that Sean said that this is actually a pretty simple song to play because, you know, be and I, I kind of touched on that last week where I'm like, this seems like it's probably very simple to play, but it it leaves it leaves me with the emotional weight of it's kind of a big lifting almost like epic feeling pop rock song right yeah so it's funny that something like those those like three notes four or five notes are like you know really simple to play but they just feel together make it leaves you with the impression of being such an epic song that's how i feel about falling out anyway so uh yeah, so that's City Hawkins Pod. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so Snake Charmer. So yeah, we'll get into it. So Snake Charmer. So like I said, this has got to be one of the deepest cut. Not, I mean, I have to qualify this on a number of different levels. This sure. is the deepest track on our list flat out i think this cut is the deepest this cut is the deepest now when i've said this about other tracks that's true (laughs) but there's like a tiered list of what counts as a deep cut of course because like i said with operation it's the deepest cut in a like a canonical reliant k specific release it's on an ep it never fully made it never made it onto their b-side collection but it was in a box set of early albums that was on streaming at some point and no longer is specifically on streaming. So that's the deepest cut album track in that way. Then we do What Can I Do? And I'm like, okay, this is the deepest cut of a Reliant K song that was officially released on a retail format because it's not a Reliant K album, it's a comp that was only released in specific stores. It wasn't mass market released. It was only released in specific. Right. It's not Punko's 80s or anything like that. So that is definitely the deepest cut in the hour, the iceberg. That's the iceberg level (laughs) of like retail release. This is the deepest cut for a track that exists to the world at large is like available for the public to hear 
flat out because this is a studio track although i it's obviously when you hear it it's played live in the studio together as a band it's a demo there's not a lot of information about it this is all kind of hearsay that we're going to go through about what this is but this does appear to be a demo for the self-titled release it's a live in studio demo it was never released on any official means it was leaked on Napster, now this is where we get into like the sort of circumstantial evidence. Like I put out the call on our Twitter, our Instagram, I went to the Reliant K Discord, and I asked a couple people directly, and like this song was on Napster, pre-Kazaa, pre-LimeWire, this was on old school Napster, like a leaked track back then. So like before the second and third album. So this song leaked early in Reliant K. So was it a demo for the first album? Was it possibly a demo for the second album? Those kind of specifics, we can't know. But we do know this song is from early in the 2000s, like 2000, 2001, maybe 2002 at the latest, but there's no way it's after that. And... There's one other deep cut that we'll also get to. It's on our list. I swear I'm almost done. Then I'll hand it back to you, Jess. My cape is stuck in a phone booth. That's another early, like, first one or two album uh, demo song that got that is out there on YouTube to be heard. But that was also acknowledged and released by the band in that digital scavenger hunt that was used to promote Bird and the B-Sides. Right. Which implies that... My Cape is Stuck in the Phone Booth got kind of cut out of the possibility, maybe, of being on the track list for Bird and the B-Sides. And it was released in a digital, like, officially sanctioned promotional event online. So they leaked. I mean, I don't know if My Cape is Stuck in a Phone Booth possibly leaked on, like, early Napster before Reliant K used it in that digital scavenger hunt. But... They have officially like acknowledged and released it. And Snake Charmer, from what I can tell, is like one of the only cases where it's flat out like Reliant K recorded a song, demoed a song, played it live, never intended it for it to get out there, and it's out there, shared around file trading sites, Discord servers, it's on YouTube. That's what we're dealing with. And we don't get a lot of these with Reliant K. No, no. I was just going to say, like... How many of you, before you read the title of this podcast episode, knew this song and knew this was a Reliant K song? Show of hands. That's what I thought. Like That is how deep this song is. So I knew about this track. I don't think I knew about this track before we started the podcast, because when I was putting together our Excel sheet of all the songs we would cover... I put the list together manually through all the albums and thinking of different EP songs and things like that. Then I found a Reddit post from years ago about rare Reliant K songs. And it wasn't sharing the songs in like formats, like maybe in the replies there were YouTube links and stuff. But just like a list of songs that exist out there that are rare Reliant K tracks. And so... I knew that this song existed. I put it on our, (coughs) excuse me, I put it on our list. But then like, 
it only got uploaded to YouTube like in the last couple of months. So I guess if we went to try to do Snake Charmer early in the podcast, we might have had to scramble to find the track because right. it doesn't look like it was previously on YouTube. Or if it was, maybe the account got deleted or something. I doubt it got copyright claimed or maybe the account got shut down for other copyright claims. But someone just uploaded it to YouTube in the last couple of months. So that's all we know about the song <laughs> Snake Charmer. Now we'll get into the song, but yeah, it's uploaded to YouTube right now, 10 months ago, by Best Slashers 31. Best Slashers 31 uploaded Reliant K Snake Charmer, extremely rare. So do you want to go ahead and just play the song? Let's do it. I say we we did it with, uh, <laughs> with no, we, we did it with William. Yeah. Which, again, deep cut, like album track, you know, deep album track off of uh, All Work and No Play. But again, officially released in some capacity. Here is Snake Charmer. We're just going to play the full three minutes right now so everyone can hear it.
switches it up and is like, I'm the snake and she's the snake charmer. But he's still like, God, break me from this spell. <laughs> right. So let's get into it. So, but, you know, before we get into the lyrics, but yeah, <laughs> remember that point. So my question is, <laughs> this brings a larger point to me and like the history of Reliant K. There are so many bands out there, bands as big as Reliant K, and obviously bands that are bigger than Reliant K, where there's like a plethora of songs like this, of leaked demos, you know, demos leaked from albums that are released, or unreleased songs, all this stuff, like, you know, tape trading, like I had friends who, who had rare Weezer songs, like, from right away, like, people were getting leaked Weezer songs, like, immediately. But Reliant K doesn't have this kind of stuff. They're, like, too, like, good, like, with not letting <laughs> right. these leaks happen. Like, they're not taking their, they're not moving their demos to Marlago or anything. They're oh, making no. sure they stay oh, no. where they're supposed to be. Oh, no. And they're not getting caught up anywhere. So I'm wondering, like, how I want to know... Who leaked this song to Napster to like right. early file trading that early? And it was Brian Pittman. That's why he's not in the band anymore. <laughs> oh well, it would have been I'm a just, long time I'm before that. Kidding. No, it would have, maybe it was Stephen Cushman. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. So it's like. Also, when I hear the quality of this track, I wonder like what was it record? Not only what was it recorded on, but like. Was this even technically a recording or was this like, was this like a tape deck playing in the room while they were like hashing out some songs or was this an in-studio demo and is what we're hearing a recording of the playback? Like someone held a microphone up to a machine that was playing it back. Was this like a demo on a CDR or a tape that was like given to friends in Canton in Ohio, like around the time they were working on the self-titled of like, hey, check this song out. Or was this like, you know, they're still a tiny band up until like this, this, the third album. They're still a really small band and approachable. And they have like a probably, a, they have a tiny friend group, I'm sure, at this time. So it's like, were they sitting around and someone just like, hey, can I record this? And they're like, sure, whatever. We might not be a band in a year, possibly. We might move right, on to right. other projects. <laughs> they don't know. The Baptistas and the Earthquakes might blow up any day. So it's like, I want to know who leaked it. We'll, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll never know. But if someone out there has an idea, I would love to know. I went and I asked specifically the person on Facebook that Daniel originally uh, got me in touch with on the Five Iron Frenzy message group. I read through that whole chain with um, Daniel and me talking to Walter on Facebook. I asked Walter specifically, I'm like, do you know anything about the song Snake Charmer? Did you see them play it back in the day? And he's like, no, but I downloaded enough Napster. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> well, that doesn't help. But then Walter sent me, I want to show you this. This is a little, this is a little digression. Oh, oh. He sent me the yearbook from Matt Thiessen's oh. high school. And this is Reliant K playing at some sort of like Whoa, ice so cream cool. social or something. I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. That's just, read the caption. Read wow, the caption. Face. 
That is the caption on there? There's a couple of pictures because these are pictures of yeah. Walter's copy of the yearbook. Above, Matt Thiessen jams at a Reliant K show. Matt has been involved with this musical group for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're nobodies. <laughs> the high school yearbook, they're still nobodies. Right. So it's like, oh, this band's been around for a little bit. That's outstanding. They're still around to this day. Amazing. It's that thing that you that Hoop said in that one interview of like, most people end up in a pop punk band and they break up and... You know, we just happen to still be in the same crappy pop punk band that we started in. That's so back funny. Then. So this is around the time of Snake Charmer. Obviously, I'm going to share these on the socials this week because there's no... So, spoiler warning, there's no covers <laughs> of Snake Charmer by Relan K. There will be a cover or two of My Cape is Stuck in a Phone Booth. Right. That's a lot more of an accessible song. Yeah. Though. So... um. Yeah, uh, so I just want to know, like, who, who, how did this get leaked? And what's the history? What's the story behind it? And the, so the, this paints, the, this plays to a larger issue I have with Reliant K. And it's like, they're too humble and to an annoying, and it's getting to an annoying degree. <laughs> Danny, what? <laughs> this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Okay. Yes, the Beatles are a are the biggest rock band of all time. I don't think but, you're going to find Reliant K claiming they're bigger than Jesus. No. But this is what I'm getting at. It's not this is comparing apples to oranges or, you know, this is comparing the earth to a pebble. But I'm saying the Beatles are like the biggest band of all time and their history is so meticulously recorded that like there's minute details like this isn't literally true but like people know which compass direction uh, john and paul were facing when they met each other for the first time like those kind of minute details like they know all the train routes of all the tours and all this stuff but all this information for a band like reliant k is like getting lost and there used to be the trademark fan site and that went away because the webmaster of that site apparently didn't pay the bill. And John Schneck himself said he would go to that website to like double check tour dates of memories he had. And it's such a shame that site's gone. Trademark, if you're listening, we, yeah. we need a back. I've, de- I've, tr- I've at mentioned them on Twitter and they just didn't reply to us. A band like MXPX is not a band that has, like, a bo- they don't have a book out, right? They don't have a book or a documentary. But at least uh, Mike Herrera has a podcast, so you can, like, listen to all the episodes of that, and you can piece together histories of the band. Reliant K, like, their history isn't known. Like, if you're just a regular fan and you want to get, like, fun, minute details, like, learn, like, the deep history of your favorite band, there's no resources. Are you telling me they don't cover that in complex infrastructure known as the female mind? No! Yeah, yeah, what the heck? Reliant K (laughs) technically has a book and it's garbage. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Reliant K had nothing... Shots fired. Well, Reliant K had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. Mark Nichols wrote that book, had nothing to do with Reliant K at all. Nicholas. Nicholas. It barely references their music. Like, every 50 pages, he, like, accidentally strikes on a Reliant K (laughs) lyrical reference. It was released with Brian Pittman in the book, and he'd left the band by the time the book came out. 
So it's like, it's so frustrating that like, you know, and I listen to Jimmy Pod and there's like so many demos and things and rare tracks that are out there for them. And like Blink-182, there's like a whole bunch of like early tape demos that have leaked that Blink-155 had to cover those songs, even though they sound like garbage. But this is the only song like this that we have. And I'm calling on Reliant K. I'm I'm trying to convict their hearts that they can't leave wow. their history in the past. Like, 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 you know, this show, like, we do a deep dive. We get some reviews and stuff. We've read a few interviews here and there. But we've seen so many of the Warp Tour interviews from, like, when the band had Ethan in it. And, like, they're all the same questions over and over. And yeah, I would like to someday interview Hoops and Tyson or talk to them on the podcast and get some like deeper answers and like real fan stuff. And I know Josh has talked about the same thing about like when he when he was on our podcast, how he he wants to ask questions that specifically deeper cut fans want to know. People who are tired of the same answers and questions over and over. Like I don't ever need to hear uh, where they got their name anymore. I know, it's Hoops' car. Don't ever mention that again. <laughs> and It's 2022, like, you shouldn't be asking. You should also not be referring to them as the boys from camp. Right. And there should be more things like Snake Charmer on the internet. Coincidentally, and another reason why I actually got on this track, although I think I would have felt this way and thought about this this week if I hadn't done this. I finally listened to the Krista Makes a Podcast episode with Matt Thiessen on it. The Less Than Jake guy with oh, his gotcha. podcast where he interviews. It happened to come out one week when we were off. It had just been sitting in my podcast app for months now. I finally listened to it. And they're talking specifically about the song Be My Escape. And Krista Makes is like, oh, let me do a quick YouTube search and see if there's any demos of be my escape online and i went oh (laughs) oh chris oh chris no there aren't and i'm sure because his podcast format is he talks to a songwriter every week often in bands adjacent to less than jake either like that they know or genre wise but he's had other songwriters on that have you know nothing adjacent to ska punk or anything like that and he talks about one specific song so i'm sure in a lot of cases where most of the bands he talks to he can find a leaked demo of a big song but how is there not a leaked demo of be my escape like how are there not any leaked demos of their big albums like and how is all of these interesting details about their history like we get that story at the Boston show about how he they tell the stage on they tell the story on stage at the Boston show we were at that one time in church Tyson played did a solo performance as a little teenager as a little teen Tyson little Matt teen Tyson <laughs> performs balloon ride for the church like in like a talent show kind of performance and that hoop saw this and was like hey this guy's pretty talented and they were maybe were friends they couldn't they couldn't suss out or remember if they'd already talked about being in a band or not these are the details that we should not be losing 
<laughs> right. There needs to be, and I like, I know we're a podcast, so you'd think like we should be doing this, but we don't have the resources to do this. We have access to the same internet that all of you listening have access to. Right. There are people who are, if anyone, hopefully relying K themselves, there are people listening who have access, firsthand and secondhand inf- access to this information, who should be accumulating this information. Although if you want to do a documentary, pl- please include us in, in that. You know, we're, we we make great producers. Uh, I've produced a feature, just throwing it out there for, for anyone listening. I mean, absolutely. we could helm it. We could direct it. We could absolutely, we'll, we'll be happy to go to Tennessee for a little little bit. Yeah, for sure. Just, just throwing it out there. Ultimately, this was a pitch deck. <laughs> For us to direct the Relying K documentary. <laughs> so just hearing this song this week, that is really where my mind went. I do have thoughts on the song specifically, but that's my number one takeaway. And here I am unloading what I feel is a very valuable point of view and what is absolutely going to be our least listened to episode. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we can do whatever we want here, to be fair. So- we can tell all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen except our, like, five regular listeners. <laughs> so when I heard that we were doing a song called Snake Charmer, first I'd never heard of it before, but then I was thinking, is this anything like Snake Farm? Just sounds nasty. Snake Farm pretty much is. Snake Farm, it's a reptile house. I didn't have that up and ready. I don't know who sings that, but wh- wh- how did why did we come across this song? Ray Willie Hubbard is a country is sort of I don't know if he's a what kind of art he's definitely country of some sort. Poet, trickster, and songwriter Ray Willie Hubbard he has sure a twisted is. has twisted the mythic, the quixotic, and the profane into songs for more than half a century. Oh, Danny, be careful. Now, here is where we're going to get the copyright issues thrown oh, out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we heard this on Sirius XM once. It's Good a reptile stuff. House. It's a reptile house. We heard it on a cross-country trip <laughs> listening to Sirius XM. It's fantastic. I think we put it on, like, the alternative country station. So, yeah, definitely go out and sh- listen to Snake Farm by Ray Will- Wiley or Willie Hubbard. Ray Hubbard. Type in Ray Hubbard and I'm sure you'll find it. But no, it's not Snake Farm. And it's not the Blink-182 song Snake Charmer. Right, yeah. Which so is I, why in, I picked my... this for episode 155. <laughs> oh, I get <laughs> because it now. We, because <laughs> out of Relying K song titles, oh, wow. all you got is... Boxing Day and Snake Charmer, both wow. of which happen to be post-reunion Blink-182 songs, but are also the name of unrelated Reliant K songs. I did not connect that when I did my deep dive, but to be fair, I did that before you informed me of what number episode this was going to be, so I obviously didn't connect it and did not connect it then, because uh, in my deep dive, I did come across the fact that not only does Blink-182, but Rage Against the Machine also has a song called Snake Charmer, all one word, and so both of those things popped up a couple times in my deep dive, and like absolutely nothing except the lyrics for Reliant K Snake Charmer. Well, Snake Charmer, the Blink-182 song, according to Spotify, is two words. Yes, Blink-182 is two words, but Rage Against the Machines is one. Right. 
But also, canonically, I don't think we can necessarily assume, we can't assume what Reliant K's snake charmer was supposed to be. Because that would have been... I suppose that's fair. That would have been up to the packaging. Whether or not, like, Reliant K, whether or not there was a typo and Thiessen thought of it as one word or two words and it ended up as the opposite on the packaging, we don't know that. Because it's just a leaked track, a leaked studio demo. Uh, But also, Drowning Pool has a song called Snake Charmer, and Rainbow has a song called Snake Charmer. So you've got Rainbow, Drowning Pool, Rage Against the Machine, Blink-182, all metal bands. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't, I only know who two of those bands are, so I have no idea. <laughs> Rainbow is like an early, early I'll metal band. I'll take your word for it. The joke is Blink-182 is not the only one of those. It's not a metal band in gotcha. any capacity. I, I apologize for, for not getting the joke, but I'm sure maybe like Rainbow, Daniel laughed at that. Rainbow sings, I'm the man on the silver mountain, which was used in Coors commercials? Some beer commercial. Uh, gotcha. Or he's the man on the silver mountain. Whatever. So I listened to all these songs. We're only going to discuss the Blink-22 song during what would normally be my YouTube deep dive. Okay. But yeah, so... Snake Charmer. It is like a girls be like song. <laughs> yeah. I will, you know, very we'll, pop punk of them. <laughs> we'll deep dive into the lyrics. It's not incel. I don't think it's incel in the sense that it's not about how it's Valsel. Yeah. Right. Well, like We've got all, our promise well, rings. Yeah. Are waiting until. Marriage. But it's not. It's not. A, it's. I mean, he's like enticed by her, but it's not incel in that it's not about his anger at her for not liking him it's just about him being attracted to a girl and enticed by her which is a classic theme of everything everything all arts all music like that's you know just to be attracted to someone and be caught under their spell like that's a classic jazz theme yeah lyrical theme now we'll get into it and find any possible problematic pop punk things but one thing musically, this dance, this like, <laughs> I mean, that made it sound like a Western score. <laughs> dance, 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 dance. But the up and down and up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, that up, down, up, down, pop punk, almost thrashy, not metal thrash, but like punk metal thrash, like thrash core, that like thrash core up and down really fast thing, like that doesn't happen in a lot of Reliant K songs, but definitely not in the way it's happening here in Snake Charmer. Like another two major songs where it's up, down, up, down, up, down, strumming in a pop punk style are Chapstick and Candy Hearts. But both of those have a specific cadence that make those songs unique. Whereas this is just like, dun, 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 like up, and down, up, down, up, down, up, down, like this very thrashy pop punk guitar strumming pattern that is pretty aggressive for this early in the band, even though the released demo, uh, All Work and No Play, is so much more fat wreck skate punk than their later music. This is even more like thrashy, proto pop punk like 90s style pop punk right listening to this i was definitely like oh this just sounds like a demo song like off the demo like this could be straight off the demo yeah 
And, like, how weird that this would be out there in, like, a leak track from maybe the self-titled. But, like, what if it's a leak track from the demo? But, like, why would they not just include it on the demo? Like, what about this makes it not get the cut? That's what make, leads you to believe that it's from, like, an actual album. Like, was cut from something they were working through on right. the self-titled. So, on the Discord, when I was looking for information, when I asked for information, um... No one jumped and volunteered anything, but I did search the words Snake Charmer on the Discord overall, and I saw information that in some interview in the last several years, I did not find that specific interview, but Hoops mentioned somewhere, and this is like fourth-hand information at this point, but Hoops mentioned somewhere that they, were dem- that they did demo the first album, which is so interesting that we don't even like specifically know what their demoing process is, right? Right. Like, some of the only information we have about their demoing process is, like, the the audio, the vocals on Forget Not Slow Down were the scratch tracks, and they couldn't improve on them. And those are the demo scratch tracks. But, like, we don't know even their demoing process. Like, I know MXPX's demoing process. They barely ever leaked their own demos, just like Reliant K has barely, has never leaked their, leaked their demos, but Mike Carrera is on his podcast talking about his demoing process. So we don't have that kind of information about Reliant K. Well, apparently somewhere Hoops once said that they did a bu- they did demos and they hashed through some stuff before they really started working on the self-titled. So from that, a lot of people have assumed that this was, and that's why we're assuming it, that this was a demo for the self-titled. These are all just assumptions and hearsay, but this is all we have to go on. Well, Danny, I just finally started for when we have Hoops and Ortizan on the podcast. I finally started a Reliant K questions uh, tab <laughs> note in my phone. Nice. And the first question, what's your demoing process? <laughs> So I can I can ask a question because first of all I I very rarely do that in interviews. Second of all, <laughs> I can sound like I know what I'm talking about, and not just like oh, I don't know. It doesn't ever do. So I don't know. You like twiddle around on your guitar, and you're like, hey guys, you bring it into the studio. Like, hey, I made a song. Let's do this, and then you figure it all out. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find we, out we'll, next find week out. when we have both mats on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're gonna take our break now. We'll be right back. We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Emily, Charity, Isaac, Kendall, Joshua, Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, 
our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the Caves for Karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon-exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, <laughs> there's one place to go. sadiehawkinspod.com slash... Oh, wait, no, no, that's not it. I'm sorry, I'm Just sorry, I panicked. And uh, last note before we get into the lyrics, let's do it. Let's get into the lyrics. But last note musically is I don't like the key change at the end of the song. I really okay. don't like that. Okay. How do you feel about that little that little thing at the beginning? That's funny because um, of the other Snake Charmer songs I listen to, they all have some vague <laughs> musical, like questionably racist right. <laughs> or at least questionably problematic thing of snake charmer like do 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 <laughs> or like like i think the drowning yeah, pool song yep. the drowning pool song had those tiny symbols like are associated with uh belly dancers right and so like everyone had Finger some sort of whatever, like yeah. indian or like middle eastern which i actually don't know the history of snake charming or what specific Regions. Oh my gosh, is that what we should actually do in the deep dive is look up the history of snake charming? I is it actually a thing? Is it just weird cultural appropriation? Well, I don't even know if it's like specific to, I don't, I, I kind of wouldn't have assumed and I could be wrong, but we'll look into it. I wouldn't have assumed it's specific to any one, one particular race of humanity. I would think it's more of like a regional thing to a certain part of the world and a talent that you could, that was probably passed around the regions of Asia, India, and the Middle East. So I'm sure it's something that kind of crosses those regions. Should we talk about Harry Potter and parcel tongue? And is that a form of snake charming? <laughs> it certainly is. Well, let's get into the lyrics now. All right. So looked into, and this is all just hearsay. This is all just what people have sussed, sussed out. out. Yeah. And who is, knows where these, these are lyrics not began? Legit, right? Did you find these lyrics on? Like song meanings or anything like that. Uh, this is on ST lyrics. Uh, I feel like if the, com. <laughs> if the song leaked as early as original Napster, then people probably like wrote out the lyrics back then, twenty years ago, right? And they've just stuck around, stuck around on the internet since then. Looked into her eyes, I was hypnotized, and I don't think that's a big surprise. I made up my mind; I would have to try. To let this temptation pass me by. I'm a snake in a jar, and she's a snake charmer. I try to slither away, but she's got me. I'm a snake in a jar, and she's a snake charmer. Na-na-na, now she's got me. Na-na-na, now she's got me. Na-na-na, now she's got me. Interesting that... A song about Marilyn Manson made it to goatee, (laughs) but not a song about a snake charmer. Well, they were like, that's too far. (laughs) I mean, this also been... a snake in a jar. I feel like they're in like a like a pot or something, like a pretty clay pot or something. Right when they when well, they do I the snake charming imagery, a, referred to as a jar. Or sure, a, pot, a, jar. It may, a jar makes me think of like in a science lab or something. You know, like right. you've got the the suspended in not formaldehyde, but whatever. You know. Um, well, since Relying K, uh, you know, they crossed 
they were important to a lot of different denominations of Christianity, from very uh, stringent ones to very progressive Christianity. They've, you know, they spoke to all kinds of different Christian audiences. But with this song, they really could have spoken to the to the snake handler christian sect are you familiar with that oh, oh that's no. the, that's like the particular christian oh, no. sect that like part of their worship and preaching is they take snakes and hold them up and like poisonous snakes that are meant to bite right and i they feel have, like, like i've seen of, this yeah. in like uh like horror movies as like a thing but i thought it was just a thing they were doing for like the movie but that's a thing like a tent revival right. type deal now i could be wrong yeah it's like a t- i think it's like it's a tent usually that's thing. usually when you see it in fiction is that they've got like a a minister right. guy and he's doing his thing in the tent and then he comes out with a snake at some point and I never really paid could, much mind to it. Yeah, but. it could just be one form of praise and worship that different denominations could do. But when I saw it, like I, I originally learned about it on like a 2020 type show and they went to a snake handling church. I don't know what denomination it technically is. I could, I could be off about this. Hey, I originally, like I said, I thought Christian Science was a Christian DLC that you could just like plug into any denomination. Turns out I was wrong. It's a pseudo Christian cult, right? But uh, I mean, tongues, tongues is like not. It's it's that's just a form of expression of praise, and lots of different denominations use tongues. Do lots of different denominations, maybe not lots, but do multiple different denominations use snake handling? I have no idea. But we're not going to look that up today. We're going to look up snake Do they do that in Borat? Maybe, maybe it's in the Borat. Oh, maybe, maybe the guy in Borat, in Borat had had the, the snake. I don't really remember. Did your minister, uh, did your church and your ministry have a snake charming uh, thing to it? Let us know. 402-95-SADY. Is that the phone number? I think so. You'd think I know it after two years. It is. Uh, temptation struck again. I don't want to cave in, but I think I'll turn my back on sin. God, he helped me out because that's what he's about. Always carrying away my doubts. <laughs> Sorry. These just, they're adorable. These lyrics are so quaint. Like it's just, I was it's sad, cute. but now I'm glad. I told my dad and now he's mad, but like, that's not just, bad. You just wrote snake charmer, daddy. Like <laughs> I'm a snake in the in a jar, and she's the snake charmer. I tried to slither away, but she's got me. I'm a snake in a jar, and she's the snake charmer. Or she's a snake charmer, excuse me. Na, na, na. I'm a snake in a jar. It, it, it goes on like that for a minute. I think that I'll be okay, but I just can't tell. I'm a snake in a jar, and she's a snake charmer. But God helped me when I prayed, and he broke that spell. Broke that spell now. He's got me. He sent her away no, to the no, snake no, farm. No. He's got he me. He answered my prayer. No, 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 no. He's got me. God said I wouldn't be tempted. It wouldn't be more than I can bear. When oh, I right. see her pretty face and her short brown hair, God said I wouldn't be tempted. I won't be more than I can bear. It won't, it be. won't be more than I can bear. Sorry. When I'm in a bad situation, he'll get me out of there. Right. So that's a uh, common Christian platitude. I don't know what if it's based on any particular scripture, but I've heard that a bunch, that whatever is in your life from tribulations to temptation, right. it is specifically not more than God knows you can bear. Yes. And then that kind of like, whether, you know, no matter how you want to dissect that or deconstruct that, whatever, but like, then it's like, well, is it really like saying like, hey, then if you can't handle it, 
it's not God's fault. It's your fault. Because God didn't give you more than you could bear. Right. Like I think it's could, more of an empowering thing. It's like a thing about how, how strong you are. It's, that's to, make, how it's, it's to build it's, you up. Yeah. Like yeah. God will never give you anything more than you can bear. You will get through this. This right. too shall pass kind in, of a thing. Exactly. I think in its best way, that particular kind of point of view platitude is meant as that. Like, hey, this is tough. This temptation or this tribulation is tough but you are strong enough god will not give you more than you can bear you can do this you can do this but at its worst that point of view is then like twisted by church leaders or people who might have some sort of authority over you to say like oh you gave in or oh you are giving in to this tribulation what's wrong with you god didn't give you more than you can bear that's the worst way to approach it but what you said is absolutely true that's the good way it's meant because you could say this exact same thing in a secular way like whatever's going on it's not more than you can bear you'll do it you'll make it man so yeah and but, god put a hot chick with short brown hair in front of matt Teeson. and do you think that was more than he could bear dan do, do you think he banged the the hot chick with short brown hair or do you think he was able to turn his back on sin well, he says here in the song that he turned his back on the sin. So I have to believe that that is the case. Now, hearsay. Now, I, for 155 episodes, have hated to be the trite, reliant K fan who's like, do you think this song's about Katy Perry? <laughs> but here we are in our <laughs> least <laughs> listened to <laughs> episode. <laughs> nobody's listening i can finally be that trite tip of the iceberg noob reliant k fan i can finally say do you think this song's about Katy perry i don't even have to say Catherine like i sort of nonchalantly say when i don't want to be the trite fan no because i don't think the timing works out okay i could be wrong I don't know. Again, we would have to dive way further into this. But given the style of the song, given the lyrics of the song, I'm going to say no. And maybe maybe he just has a type or did around that time. Well, I'm just trying to remember if I met her at that Reliant K show in 2002 or 2003. It might have been 2003. So maybe you could be right. Well, anyway... I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know how long their relationship lasted for. I don't know when they met or anything like that. I've never uh, searched out that information. I'm sure someone out there knows. Because it's lame. It's lame. <laughs> no, I mean, getting into other people's relationships is lame. So anyway, yeah. So this song. Uh, so again, on the scale of things, this song is in some ways very problematic and in some ways quite quaint. Just like I, I would think maybe Moon <laughs> like Ranks. Like all pop rock. Like, like all pop rock, but <laughs> like specifically like we talk about with Mood Rings. I think it depends on what you're putting, you know, around Mood Rings. Like, is Mood Rings problematic in and of itself? Yes. Is Mood Rings problematic compared to songs by the band Brand New? No. Is it problematic compared to the worst lyrical content of Blink-182? No. But again, this is like... The ownness of the problem seems to be on the girl. Like, she is the temptation. 
So that's the problem. It is. It kind of goes back and forth at different points. Like, he's comparing himself to nothing but a snake. He's a lowly creature who... Which is... Actually, this is a classic Relying K theme. He's a lowly nothing. And she is on the pedestal. She's the thing... She's the... She's the muse. She's the great thing. I don't want to say goddess because that seems too... Uh... She's still the sin. Yeah, She's but she... still right. the bad thing, the... no matter which way you look at it. But at the beginning of the song, he's like, I'm the snake in the jar and she's a snake charmer. If the song doesn't switch up from there, it's quaint and sweet because he's like, I'm just like a drooling, slobbing creature who's like, look right. at this amazing lady. Right? If the song stops there... You're like, oh, that's cute. He thinks she's amazing, and he's he's really enticed by her, and he really is into her. Cute. Right. But then it goes on, and he's like, I gotta avoid this temptation. Like, she's just being herself. Yeah. Like, what is she doing? Is she, like, Maybe she doesn't on want you, specifically? Yeah, maybe she doesn't want you. It's just her existing making you fall like just being in the room wearing what she's wearing is causing you to fall stop blaming vanessa and her tight sweaters bro that's on you so it's interesting that this song was cut because like or never never worked on further because i don't think it i i would like to know i would be interested in why but I don't think it's necessarily the lyrical content because, yeah, the Vanessa stuff, the Moon Ring stuff, like, I think this song is probably less problematic than those or maybe on par. So I don't know. Like, would they just did they just feel that this wasn't a message worth pursuing? Because it's definitely a song. The song itself definitely works. Other than that key change at the end that I do not like, maybe they could have found some other way to round out the song. I don't know. It seems like a song that could have kept moving forward, but they didn't do anything else with it. We'll never know until Matt Hoops and Tyson are on next week. <laughs> yes. And with that, I am shocked that we managed to round out this episode to 54 minutes. Well, we still got a little bit more. Oh, oh, we do. Okay. Yeah. Shocking. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you go. But I love that before I click out of this lyrics page, it says play Snake Charmer on Apple Music. Like it's not there. <laughs> And then right under that is this weird little picture of a sad liver holding, it's a cartoon, holding a cheeseburger and I don't know, some sort of bubbly red beverage. It looks like like a root beer. It looks like a root beer to me. And it says five signs of liver liver damage. Do this for liver. Make sure to take a screen cap of that so people will see it. I did. We don't have much social media to post this week. (laughs) So you'll get to see that. (laughs) So we have two things to round out with. All right. Oh, let me double check my notes and just make sure I said everything I wanted to say about this, the biggest Ryan K song ever. Uh, yeah, I said that. I said that. Uh, I don't need to say that. Um, yeah, I said that. Oh, I'll mention that in the last segment. You're really padding this runtime. I don't like the key changes in the end. said that. I said that. How did this leak? I said that. Uh, yep, I mentioned everything except for the thing where I was like, the only other thing I, the only note I skipped was like when we started, when we picked this song this week, I was like, yeah, I know that song. It's like, uh, it's, it's, and I just kept thinking of the song William. <laughs> I just kept thinking of the song William, which now I finally knocked out of my head. But I listened to Snake Charmer a couple times 
And when I turned it off, all I could think of was the song William. That's funny. So, snake charming is the practice of appearing to hypnotize a snake, often a cobra, by playing and waving around an instrument called a punji. A typical performance may also include handling the snakes or performing other seemingly dangerous acts, as well as other street performance staples like juggling and sleight of hand. The practice was historically the profession of some tribesmen in India, but this is no longer the case. Snake charmer performances still happen in other Asian nations, such as Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, Sri Lanka, and Southeast Asian nations like Thailand and Malaysia are also home to performers, as are North African countries like Egypt, Morocco, and Tunisia. Tunisia. I couldn't remember how to pronounce Tunisia. So I was correct. I just like tried to think of all the cultural references and, and depictions of snake charming that I'd ever seen. And I'm like, yeah, you typically see them in probably a problematic, slightly racist context of right. Indian. But I'm like, but I feel like it also has some ties to, you know, the Middle East, Northern Africa and Asia, and Asia like the not the Indian part of Asia, but like they had mentioned here, Thailand and uh, Malaysia. So there you go. This is not a racially specific thing, but a regional to the earth specific uh, performance art. Right, right. Now, again, what did that say about England and the vast of the UK and parcel tongue? Um, we don't talk about <laughs> anything by that writer anymore. <laughs> History. The earliest evidence of snake charming comes from ancient Egyptian sources. Charmers there mainly acted as magicians and healers. As literate and high-status men, part of their studies involved learning the various types of snake, the gods to whom they were uh, sacred, and how to treat those that were bitten by the reptiles. Entertainment was also a part of their repertoire, and they knew how to handle the animals and charm them for their patrons. One of the earliest records of snake charming appears in the Bible. Oh, okay. There you go. Tying it right back to the Christian band Reliant K. In Psalm 58, 3 through 5, it reads, please turn to your page. <laughs> the wicked turn aside from birth. Liars go astray as soon as they are born. Their venom is like that of a snake, like a deft, like a deaf serpent that does not hear, that does not respond to the magicians or to the skilled snake charmer. There you go. Snake charming in the Bible. Well, it's alluded to in a very poetic manner. It doesn't actually happen. There's no actual visuals of it, if this is the only place that it occurs. Now, not that I don't think it wouldn't be happening in another chapter, maybe. I'm just just stating from this one singular quote or Mm. passage. Snake charming as it exists today probably originated in India. Hinduism has long held serpents as sacred, and the animals are believed to be related to Nagas, and many gods are pictured under the protection of the cobra. The earliest snake charmers 
were likely traditional healers by trade. As part of their training, they learned to treat snake bites. That's that's a very, a very good skill. That's a very useful skill. Mm-hmm. Like I, we've been watching Baywatch, and like a lot of people will will get bit by snakes on occasion if the story calls for it, and that's a good thing to know how to do. I skipped ahead to the section called safety measures because where this podcast is about nothing but safety. Safety Hawkins pod, they call me. <laughs> At home, snake charmers keep their animals in containers such as, oh, this answers your question about the lyric about how he's a snake oh, in a jar. jar. At home, snake charmers keep their animals in containers such as baskets, boxes, pots, or sacks. Nowhere... Teason on this Wikipedia nope. page does it say jars? Right, that's you see them in the wicker why... basket and stuff. There you go. That's probably why they dumped the song because they were like, "It's according to Wikipedia, it's, it's baskets, boxes, and pots, and sacks." And they were like, "No matter how we sing the song, she's it would be cruel a, to keep them in, in a, a basket." She's right. a snake charm. It would be cruel to keep them in a jar. That's far too small. Yeah, unless it's a really big. Even really big jars. How big have you ever seen the biggest jar? Not that big. I'm sure in the Midwest somewhere there's like world's biggest jar and it's giant and a snake could live very happily in there. But I don't know. Rivers Cuomo put a butterfly in a jar and the next day it withered all the way. Right. You can't put snakes in a jar. Because you can't, you know, unless you put the cellophane on the top and you poke holes in it. But I suppose they get out of that because it's a snake. They're probably stronger. But (laughs) I mean, maybe. I guess it depends on the kind of snake. Well, that's that's, a good point. that's the overview of snake charming. So we'll move on to what is you know this will still come in as a as a as a, as a Sadie Hawkins pod. You're over here drawing episode. this out, making it go over an hour. I thought we'd been in a, like a tight forty two. <laughs> Yo, please. <laughs> so I picked this song, okay, because Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, oh this is the Blink-182 song. Yes, and this is very... This is very indicative of their Cure uh, right here. Their right. Cure influences. 100%. They f- famously performed at the Cure MTV Icon special. I remember my friend Jeff and I specifically watched that the night it premiered. The Cure Icon's MTV performance. So anyway... This is a We're Tom song. We're definitely getting a uh, copyright. Well, I'll turn now. this off in a second. I'm just giving you the overview of the song. So I picked this because yes, this is episode 155, and one of the major influences for us to do this pop. Not well, Jessica. Uh, maybe not the major influence, but the idea of doing a song by song podcast came from the podcast Blink 155, which was a Blink 182 song by song podcast where we met friends like David Park and Polly Alex who have all been on the podcast and Danger Gavin Danger Patron Gavin Danger Gavin No, I learned no, I met Danger Gavin through M- through MXPX Oh, memes. never mind my apologies he was an early Danger follower Gavin of MXPX memes. But anyway, so I was like, well, it's episode 155. What could we do? Could we have Polly Alex on? Could we have David Park on? I just had covid. I don't really want to call anybody. I was like could we have Sam or Josiah on the podcast? They might say yes. No. <laughs> that would also take effort. I was going to say, you didn't ask. You just I were didn't like, ask. nah. Nah. Because that would be cute, but they don't want to hear from me. So I was That's ultimately great, just because I don't like... want to hear from them. So, <laughs> so it's I all al- copacetic. So I ultimately just said, 
We'll do it the only other song that shares a title with Blink-182. This is a Tom DeLonge song from the album Neighborhoods. So this is post-reunion. Jessica, you and I, you always wanted to... When we met, you had wanted to see Blink-182. It was one of the bands on your list of bands yep. you really want to see. And you were excited when they... when You were excited when Travis Barker almost died in a plane crash. Well, I was not excited. What? <laughs> no, sorry. What? <laughs> Wait, I said that out of sequence. You were excited when Blink-182 got back together. Yes. Which they got back together because Travis Barker had a, a near-fatal uh, incident, and that partially got Blink-182 back together. So you were excited when they got back together, and we went to see them on the Weezer, previously mentioned on this podcast, the Weezer Blink-182 tour. Before Neighborhoods came out. So then they dropped With Chester much, French. With Chester French, that's right. <laughs> so then a couple years after we saw that tour, they drop what is unanimously considered their pinnacle best album, Neighborhoods. <laughs> you don't know that that's an ironic statement. I, I do, actually. Oh, okay. I mean, just because you made me listen to this album at the time. Well, when it came out. Yeah. And, and you, you were told like, I'm me not what interested. was Yeah, and you told me what was up with it. And... Well, the thing is, you know, I actually didn't hate neighbor I didn't hate neighborhoods when it came out. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's good." And then I found out years later actually by Blink-155 because I kind of stopped paying attention to Blink-182 for the next 10ish years, 8 years that like neighborhoods was actually considered a failure and I was like, "Oh, an artistic failure at the very least, maybe also monetarily, but I was like, "Oh, no, I like that album. Whatever. Anyway, this is a Tom song. And we're going to go through the lyrics. No, why? What? <laughs> this is not a Blink-182 podcast. We have to compare the lyrics. You know, the thing with Blink-182 is that, much like Kevin Smith, I just kind of left them back in college. It was like, you know, I liked them at a time, and then I just kind of left them there and kind of moved on. Blink-182 is nothing if not the Kevin Smith of music. <laughs> Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things you enjoy, like in high school and college, and then you just kind of, you know, move on to other things. We have to compare the born-again Christian lyrics of Reliant K with the born-again Christian lyrics of Tom DeLonge. Really, really padding out this runtime. So here is the lyrics to Snake Charmer, and you tell me No one's listening anymore. (laughs) No, you, Jessica, this is really important. This does tie back to Reliant K. I'm tying it back to Reliant K right now. You tell me how you feel as a woman these lyrics compare to the problematic lyrics of Reliant K's Snake Charmer. I felt a stutter. I felt... (laughs) Wait, wait. Uh, I can't do a Tom DeLong. I've never tried to do a Tom DeLong. <laughs> it's like, oh, this voice? I can't do a Tom. No. I've never tried to do a Tom DeLong. Yed. How do you say head? Can you do a Mark Hoppus? No, I guess I can't. Everyone can do a Tom DeLong. I can't. Uh, I can't do a Tom DeLong. Oh well. Okay. <laughs> I felt a stutter and a waver, cutting like a razor, like fire through the snow, then straight down to the bone. She creeps up like a spider. <laughs> And wants you deep inside her. She wow. turns you into stone. A twisted little show. I think that they listened to Snake Charmer by Reliant K and just <laughs> stole the general idea. I think they listened to Miss You by Blink-182. And it was like, <laughs> hey, the spiders that you counted in that song, that was pretty popular. Mentioned spiders again. 
Then the chorus is, that's how it was. That's how it was to all begin. Because good girls who like to sin way back at they the... They mentioned s- sin! It's They just listened wait, to Rolling Wait, 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 just wait a second. Did you just up, up, up me? Sorry. I'm right on the cusp of something here. Way back at the starting line where Eve was on Adam's mind and he was the first to go in search of the great unknown and falling yet could cause good girls they like to sin. If anything, this is a more Christian song than Reliant K's. What's yeah. it take to be a Christian song? You mentioned biblical things in a non-anti-biblical way. That's the bare minimum of a Christian song, right? Like, what makes a Christian song? Is it just that the singer is Christian? That doesn't necessarily need to be the case. I mean, how Christian is Kanye West? And he's considered super Christian now? What? Uh, Tell me how that works. He's really Christian. He's born again, right? He's the biggest Christian performer of all time. Here is... Tom DeLong singing that, is about that a thing? Is that a fact? Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, oh, okay. Here's Tom DeLong singing about biblical references, not saying I hate the Bible and there's no such thing as God. He's just referencing the Bible. That's the bare minimum you need to be to be a Christian punk rocker. And he's saying that the good girls, they like to sin. Think about it, Chess. Some of those girls, yep, they got types. They got tight sweaters. <laughs> Some of those girls, they're snake charmers. They like to drink the Miller Lite. <laughs> Verse two: You are a hero and a survivor. Your eyes are getting tired. There's claw, claw marks on your spine. It happens all the time. Snakes don't have claws. This, oh well, did you see that Robo snake in the news recently? No. Some people I'm not built, on Twitter Some people right built now. a robotic <laughs> shell for a live snake so it could walk around, and the snake was like, "Whoa, what's up with this?" <laughs> <laughs> and it well, became kind yeah. of a meme because it was like they, they, they were the meme was like, "Take that, God," because <laughs> you know in the Bible God took away the serpent's legs. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and. He was the first to go and uh, the silent evil daughters like sirens on the waters. Now, Tyson has never referred to girls as evil. How uh, how long are these lyrics? Uh, There is just one, two, three, four, five (sighs) more verses. (laughs) Danny, why? I'm kidding. The silent evil eyes. Yeah, you've been the perfect crime. It happens all the time. Uh, and then, yeah, and then it's just repeating everything I've read so far. So good girls, they like to sin. What do you think of that? And Eve, Eve, hey, she was the first one to sin. She was the first one to bite the fruit. The fruit of the tree of knowledge. You girls be like, <laughs> I don't believe this. I'm just... I'm acting like this ironically because it's nonsense. How do you? Ladies are curious. Ladies love a good mystery. I don't know. Girls just want to solve a crime and own a small business. I don't know what to tell you. That's what Hallmark taught me. (laughs) (laughs) They just want romance to solve a crime and own a small business. Good girls, they like to own small businesses (laughs) and mysteries. I can't believe I can't do a Tom DeLonge. Oh my gosh, we should just start our own pop punk band where we just sing like the plots to Hallmark movies. That'd be great.
was an offer. I can't do it. Wow, Tom DeLong. really bad. Like, man. And it's some, about as good as your Bing Crosby, huh? Hey, at least I can do the real Tom DeLong. <laughs> Oh, no. Matt Skiba. What? Oh, <laughs> the yeah. true Tom DeLonge. Oh, right. Here, right. Jessica. That's my impression. <laughs> Matt Skiba's not here. This is my impression of Matt oh, Skiba. Oh, I see. I Eater, see. Jessica, how it's you doing? I'm dead it's on me, Matt Skiba. Did you him. know that me, Matt Skiba, my, it, Matt's my middle name? And oh. Tom's my first name? Oh. That's true. You couldn't be, That's couldn't a true be fact. in the thing as Tom. Or yeah. was he Matt Skiba Well, I was before? already Matt oh, Skiba when I was in the Alkaline Trio. Oh, gotcha. I was called Skiba because it kind of looked like the word ska. No, that's not true. All right. When I first heard of Matt Skiba, I th- and he was on Asian Man Records, I thought Alkaline Trio was going to be a ska band. They wow. weren't. You didn't think that they'd just be like a skee-ball champion or something? Matt Skee-Ball. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's been done. Anyways, so Dan, do you like the song more or less or the same as when you first heard it, which may or may not have been this week? <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, oh, I, boy. I, love, I love any Los Angeles museum that's owned by uh, a Jewish organization. You could call me Matt Skirball. <laughs> Inside reference. <laughs> Shout out David Park. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I had not heard this song before this week, so I guess I can only like it more because it's it's there. I'm not going to search it out or anything. But I mean, if you like, did you like it? That's the question. I mean, in this case, it's got to be: did you like it or did you not like it? I liked it. Yeah, I don't love fine. all the lyrical ideas. Yeah, I think yeah, if you cut out the second half of the lyrics, yeah, it would be fine. Yeah, I think music no is mood a lot rings. of fun. <laughs> right, there's not enough redeeming for the you know. Yeah, it's a balance. Yeah, so uh, that is so. I mean, th- thank you to all the new listeners who jumped on. <laughs> For the Snake Charmer episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with a more well-known song next week. That's your assignment, Dan. Pick a more well-known song for next week. Easy. Literally any song other than my Cape Got Stuck in a Phone Booth will be a more well-known song. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We'd listen. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think that is more well-known than this one. But thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you all next week. Uh, thanks again if you made it this far. Go Cubbies! Um, apparently, Reliant K have a song, I Need You, that has 15th fret harmonics. Is that, is that one you're familiar with? No, I'm not. Um, but I guess because I'm feeling nice, I'll plug that someone from the nation just started a uh, uh, Danny MXPX memes and his wife just started a patent Blink 155 ripoff, Ugh. but it's all about Reliant K songs. I think it's called the Sadie Hawkins Pod. Sick. Um, and they're talking about different Reliant K songs, so maybe we can go on that one when they talk get about to that, that song. song. <laughs> yeah, that would and be talk sick. about the harmonics and just do this whole up. Ep- maybe we can send them the the stems for this episode, and they can just use that for their pod. <laughs> That'd be perfect.